Hollywood films, like the American pop of the music industry, dominate the production, distribution, and discourse surrounding the global cinematic experience. National and local film industries are often perceived as existing within the shadow of Hollywood, as suggested by the blended monikers of Bollywood and Nollywood, the Hindi language and Nigerian film industries, respectively. For many composers and producers, however, film music serves as an indigenous tool wielded against the imperialism of Hollywood. From the song and dance sequences that dominate mainstream Bollywood films to what our guest in this episode, Emayak Silvanus, calls prefiguring in Nigerian cinema, music connects local and global audiences with cinematic narratives that emerge outside the context of Hollywood studios. Within the Nigerian film industry, film composers draw upon indigenous musical practices that, as Amayak notes, allows Nigerian audiences to watch Nollywood films as much with their ears as with their eyes. Listening to Ethnomusicology Today, a podcast produced by the Society for Ethnomusicology devoted to the exploration of contemporary issues in global music studies. I'm Trevor Harvey. In this episode, we talk with Emayak Silvanus about his article. Prefiguring as an Indigenous Narrative Tool in Nigerian Cinema, an Ethnomusicological Reading, which was published in the summer 2019 issue of the journal Ethnomusicology. A pioneering researcher on Nollywood film music, Emayak explores localized musical concepts that dominate Nigerian film narratives. Grounded in his understanding of a narrative technique he terms prefiguring, Emayak discusses the 2014 film Ekaete Goes to School, as a case study for exploring how indigenous meanings are negotiated within the global cinema landscape from which the contemporary Nigerian film industry has emerged. When you get into the classroom, you have to be responsible and do your assignment. Have you heard me? Yes, sir. Have you heard me? Yes, sir. Have to go. Are you left? Now, time. Left. 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 Right. Left. Right. Left. Right. Left. Right. Left. Right. H-I-P. Father hip. Father hip. Bo. Bo. Father hip. Amayak, welcome to Ethnomusicology Today. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, uh, you taking the time to join us. Okay, thank you very much, Trevor. And um, happy to be here and to discuss my work and everything about Nollywood. So um, let's start off with just an introduction to Nollywood. Well, I think many listeners may be familiar with the term Nollywood, we, at, at least in the United States, have not been uh, very exposed to Nollywood in the ways that we have other global film industries like Bollywood, for example. So tell us a little bit about Nollywood and how important is Nollywood in Nigeria? Nollywood is uh, the Nigerian version of Hollywood, so to speak. 
but it's a lot more than that. Um, it's a it's a cultural and creative industry, a film industry, really, that began in the early nineties. Uh, its first film, which was uh, shot on VCD, um, was titled "Living in Bondage," and <clears throat> it was directed by a certain uh, Ubi uh, rapper. Um, that film really was the beginning of something unique. I say something unique because uh, according to another scholar, a friend of mine, Arnold Kumail Kumail, uh, he says that Nollywood is the most visible cultural machine on the African continent. Um, in terms of uh, number of uh, feature films produced, Nollywood is ranked number two next to Hollywood. That talks, uh, that talks a lot for it. Yeah, the, the people produce films at astonishing rates. It's almost like a guerrilla warfare. So, um, <clears throat> but then, from a point of economics, the, the industry has been responsible for Nigeria's uh, uh, GDP, the rise in GDP. Um, especially now that you, you, you'd consider the, 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 global, uh, the falling global oil prices. Nigeria's uh, main source of revenue is on its uh, belly, and uh, we're turning to the arts, entertainment, cultural and creative uh, industries like Nollywood, where um, they're, they're waxing strong. Many films now are on Netflix, and um, politically, Nollywood is making a statement uh, for Nigeria and um, in terms of uh, the socio-cultural, we've talked about uh, how they're telling their story, the Nigerian story, the Nigerian way, because um, like Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie said, um, you need to have two sides of a narrative. So there's a side that the West uh, understands and knows about Nigeria, but then there's this other side, which Nollywood projects to the rest of the world. So in, in talking about uh, Nollywood and the importance of Nollywood, one of the things that you... you you mentioned was this relationship between uh, Nollywood and Hollywood, or at least the influence of Hollywood uh, production, Hollywood narrative and storytelling. Um, in fact, in your article, you, you write um, that early Nollywood cinema uh, looked to Hollywood, the term you use is an uninformed imitation of, of uh, Hollywood that later uh, moved or developed toward an imitation with purpose. Can you talk a little bit about the, that idea, how Nollywood film uh, looked to Hollywood for imitation and then moved to this informed or purposeful imitation of Hollywood? When Nigerians began to produce films, basically when Nollywood uh, started in 1992, they didn't quite pay attention to the relevance and importance of music, background music. So, for instance, um, you'd have long scenes without music. You watch Living in Bondage, <clears throat> classic examples. So, what I noticed when I began studying the uh, film music practice within Nollywood was that they just slapped, they just slapped pre-existing European and American, you know, pop art music onto the, the film without really thinking what the music was doing 
for the narrative, for the picture. And then I began to um, investigate further, and I noticed that this was just imitation without purpose. Uh huh. This was this was uh, yeah this was uh, uh, a mimesis uh, you know without without uh, understanding. It 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 resembled uh, uh, 1920s 30s Hollywood productions where uh, we just needed music we just slapped it onto the onto the uh, uh, a plot or the film. And um, between 1992 and uh, 95. I noticed again from the productions um, that the industry started moving away from this uncritical, uninformed uh, um, imitation to a somewhat purposeful imitation. So, my missus, with some critical reflection, yeah. So between 95 and 97, that whole period was the age of mimesis, as I have uh, noted in my earliest work, 2012. So still, still here mimicking Hollywood music, but mimicking, yeah, thinking about more carefully how how the the music might reflect yes. or absolutely, absolutely set the stage for the scene. Yeah, and 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 this this came from. Uh, uh, the critique of the of the of the consumers, uh-huh. because these persons don't forget before Nollywood began, Nigerians were already exposed to films from uh, from uh, Europe and America. Mm-hmm. You know, so the the, the 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 consumers had a fair understanding of how music should accompany uh, film. Right. So by the time we moved um, from uh, mimesis with uh, uh, with some understanding, we were now in the age that I have called uh, the pragmatic expressive era. So in this era, the practitioners came together and said, look, if we want an identity for our product, Already, the name was, uh, uh, was 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 contested. Why call something Nigerian after an American product? Why why Nollywood? Because it fed the whole narrative or argument about uh, cultural imperialism, which I do uh, make mention of in my article. So, um, persons like Stanley O'Courier, you know, the earliest. Uh, uh, composers who tried to indigenize or localize the, the soundtrack began talking about placing Nigerian music on the films. But not just that, <clears throat> not just that. Now, expressing that Nigerian musical culture within the film to reflect how music functions even in indigenous theater. Uh-huh. And there was the catch. So that by doing that, Nollywood had a Nigerian answer for film and sound relationship. So that's 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 what I meant by, you know, the movement from uncritical to critical uh, imitation. Yeah. So so then um, this period that you're talking about, uh, which is really beginning, if I understand correctly. In the 21st century, yeah, basically, of yeah. uh, maybe end of the 90s, beginning of the 21st century, yeah. in terms of yeah. looking at uh, this indigenization yeah. of a Nigerian film score. Yeah. Um, 
in this, uh, one, one of your key focuses in looking at this is this concept of prefiguring, which you, you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and prefiguring is a focus of this article from Ethnomusicology. What, uh, Prefiguring in some ways is a bit like what we might think of as foreshadowing, but it's not exactly. It's uh, yes. perhaps more explicit than that. Can you explain this concept of prefiguring? Because I think this is a, a new concept for many people. Yeah, um, yeah what is this concept? And, and is this is this a, a, a concept that's widely discussed and, and talked about within Nigerian cinema? Um, actually, it is not. Okay. Um, so it's just a, a little uh, background to prefiguring. When I took an interest in film music and uh, with a focus on Nigerian cinema, I uh, I did so because I noticed this way of applying music that told you basically what you were going to see well ahead of the picture and sometimes concurrently with the picture so it's reinforcing what you're seeing <clears throat> let me be honest let me be honest at the time i didn't quite like it uh-huh. you know because i i thought who does this yeah why, well, I mean, where's the suspense why do i why, why, why do I why do I know everything from from just listening to the vocal music uh-huh. before even I see the first pictures? Who does this? And um, but then of course the scholar in me um, d- uh, thought, look, that's prejudiced. Let's just ha- keep an open mind and uh, theor- find 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 out why. Speak to the composers and um, see if you can theorize this. And so um, I, I first spoke with the so-called father of prefiguring in Hollywood. His name is Stanley, Stanley O'Curry. And um, on that occasion, I, I remember asking him, why, why do you tell the story in the song? What is there for me? I mean, don't you think that uh, I'll be discouraged to, to buy the film if I already know what it's, uh, it's about from just listening to the music? Mm-hmm. And then he more or less schooled me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me. That, <laughs> now he didn't know that uh, what he was doing is called prefiguring. Of course, that was left for the scholar to label. Uh-huh. But he told me that uh, what he did um, was to reflect how music and uh, stories work in indigenous. Uh, culture in indigenous uh, theater so prefiguring basically is the use of film uh, the use of music i beg your pardon the use of music to predict dialogue and uh, scenes uh, in film until i began discussing it in literature and in conferences and presentations uh, within nigeria and uh, um, elsewhere nobody really had uh, an interest First, in discussing soundtrack in Nollywood, again because looking at just the it wasn't quite appealing, and so um, there was really nothing. All the literature 
uh, I read had to do with film itself. So we had so many things written about uh, Nollywood film, film scholars, but there wasn't one text, not one text on its soundtrack. So in 2010, I uh, pursued uh, my, first, uh, my second uh, master's uh, degree in uh, film music at City University of London. And um, my work, that seminal work, paved the way for whatever I've done now, a PhD and beyond. Um, then, and on that occasion, I established three uh, uh, periods of the practice. But it was the second period, which I mentioned earlier, uh -huh. the pragmatic expressive error, that actually uh, um, underscored this notion of uh, foreshadowing the story and the plot. So um, I do say uh, that prefiguring isn't uh, something that began in the film industry. It was already present in television in Nigerian television. Mm -hmm. So you'd listen to the music and it would tell you what, what, what would come. So it was Stanley who really uh, uh, promoted it, so to speak, in film. Um, so what else now? So prefiguring works somewhat like the leitmotif, but um, with some distinctions. So whereas the leitmotif would be um, focused on the specific character, the Wagnerian uh, a way of composing uh, then, mm -hmm. um, prefiguring focused on the entire story of the film. And so it was linked as a, as a device. It's linked to the plot and the character and the overall message. So basically the message is in the music and the music is in the message. So in your article, you, um, you use a, a particular film, uh, Ekaete, Goes to School. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a 2014 correct. film, I think. Is that correct? Yeah, 24. So the yeah. score was composed by Maxwell Chidibere Leonard. Yeah. Um, now, just I'll explain a little bit for, for listeners. Uh, the main character in this film, Ekaete, yeah. uh, who's played by the very popular Nigerian film actress, uh, Ini Edo. Yeah. Correct. Um, she plays an illiterate woman who is ridiculed and scorned by others in her Igbo village. Yes. Uh, she, she even feels that her husband doesn't fully respect her. So she decides <laughs> to go to school yeah. to learn to read and write yeah. and become an educated woman. Mm -hmm. right? And much of the comedy of the film emerges, I think, in these scenes in school where she's this full-grown woman uh, squeezed into the little school <laughs> desk right, among all the children around her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. She... Uh, and, and while there, she, she is, she's harassed. She's sexually harassed by the, the school teacher and, yeah. and uh, threatens to, to report him. And eventually, though, she, she does go on and graduates from school, uh, gets good yeah. grades, and becomes a chairwoman yeah. of the uh, county council. Hello. Right? So yeah. she, she yeah. becomes a politician and, and respected by her community. Yeah. So let's, um, let's yeah. listen to the opening song from this film. Yes. Uh, that does this work of prefiguring that you were just talking about. And then, and then maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, the song after we hear it. Mm -hmm. 
So that was the uh, opening song from Ekaete Goes to School. Tell us a little bit about how that song works as prefiguring. Right. So um, you, you, hear, you hear the song, the first song, and it uses a four-note melodic motif that is a, essentially a text tune, you know, correlation of the name, Ekaete. So when you hear, that's Ekaete. Ah. So even in the instrumental music, there's prefiguring happening there. Yeah. So the correlation is an initial effort to accentuate, you know, a Nigerianness in terms of the pitch. So this motif consists of a repeated tone that leaves up a fourth, perfect fourth, and falls a major second. You know, just sounds this motif at various points during the film, and uh, often signaling moments involving Ekaite, who's the protagonist, to the viewer. Mm-hmm. So, when you hear composer is saying in Igbo language, where is she going to? And then um, there's also the answer, she's off to school. You know, um, so at this point, even without seeing the picture, even without seeing those opening uh, pictures, you already can tell, oh, this is uh, about someone who's heading off to school. With prefiguring, you can watch mainstream Nullwood films as much with your ears as with your eyes. That's great. So let's, let's listen to another example here. Um, this is what you, you refer to as song B. Yeah. And one of the things that you talk about is um, the importance of call and response. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. we'll listen to this uh, for that call and response. Uh, is there anything you want to say about this yeah. before we, we set this up? Or? Well, okay. So let me just, just, let me just uh, elaborate there. The, the call and response form is, uh, is a musical form. Just as you have a, a European art musical forms, you know, it's a binary, tenry, and things like that. Well, we've got this in traditional Africa um, uh, called uh, call and response, which basically is you have a soloist, you have, you've got a soloist, um, states a line, and then you've got the backing up uh, uh, backup singers or even instrumentalists, you know, um, either echoing what the soloist has said or responding with some other uh, 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 statement, which is their response. So in this song, you'd hear that. You hear the, the, the composer's uh, um, a voice, his singing voice, as soloist, and then you hear the backup uh, voices in response. Yeah. <laughs> 
first hear that song in the film um this is this you hear this song uh minute 21 minute 21 49 seconds yeah right at the beginning right beginning yes and so this song is an answer to song a so for example uh the opening phrase ekaite goes to school you hear you hear it in the in the soloist uh, voice ekaite goes to school and then you hear the backup singers go, she goes to school, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's the response there. And then the soloist comes again, Akaite goes to school, she goes to school. She wants to, uh, she, she wants to go and uh, to, to learn to read and write. And then the chorus, the backup singers, you know, respond, read and write. Mm-hmm. Again, if you weren't watching the film, uh, just listening to that uh, you, you, you can tell, you, make the, you can make the picture in your head. You say, okay, because the backup singers are reinforcing it. They're telling the viewer, listen, she's, she's going to school and uh, she's going to read and write. <laughs> so how important is um, the use of call and response here? Uh, you've, you've talked a little bit about the, yeah. this, this in, the indigenization of... Yeah of Nigerian film music. Of film music. How important is the call and response form in, in sort of moving towards that uh, more indigenized? Indigenized, yeah. Right, like, as I said before, um, the basic, the, ba- the, 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 the basic uh, underpinning uh, element of prefiguring is this call and response form. Um, because prefiguring is reflexive of indigenous musical practices and within such practices in nigeria predominant musical form is the call and response mm-hmm. so basically um you cannot have a, 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 a um you can't have prefiguring uh, without call and response uh-huh. but it makes a whole more uh, localized sense when the music is in its call and response form. Uh-huh. Because Africans generally like to be part of the singing. We, 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 we like to partake. We cannot just come and sit and listen. So sometimes this thing about responding, it, it can be uh, uh, spontaneous. Uh, can, you know, so, so it's in the culture. Uh-huh. It's in the local way of uh, approaching the dance and uh, drama. Strikes me that there's also something um, about prefiguring itself as call and response, right? Um, so, oh, yes. so this call and response form reflects the, the the nature of prefiguring as a call to which, in a sense, the the, the film is a response uh, to to the brilliant the song. Brilliant, 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 Trevor, brilliant. See. But at that level, uh, I'm not sure um, I mentioned it in this article, but I, I talk about layers, layers of meaning and layers of intertextuality and metatextuality. And this is one of them where 
there's 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 music as call and then picture as response uh-huh. that's one of the that's the, at the at the broader level yes. when we leave the music in uh, the, the as, uh, as 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 it is and we begin to uh, try and make sense of the relationship between what you hear and what you see and that is call and response happening there too how else do we know this mm-hmm. if uh, yeah <laughs> it is prefiguring but you don't see this. You don't see this in Hollywood, I, I should say. Mm-hmm. This is not. Uh, this is not the style in Hollywood. Contemporary Hollywood, that is. Yes. In your article, you you write that Nigerian film music serves as an instrument of mapping territories of cultural identities, um, and it strikes me that uh, Ekaete goes to school is ultimately a film about empowerment, uh, empowerment of women empowerment of underprivileged um how do the indigenous elements and contemporary nigerian film scores serve to empower um specific ethnic identities or or empower nigerians more generally yeah the 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 answer to the question is rooted in message and messaging yeah so the the message is in the music just as the music is in the message and so the composers have found a, a very smart way of uh, embedding, of embedding um, the, uh, the the morals, the the, the, the teachings, the, the the norms of the society, the things that uh, the people you know praise and despise in the vocal music that makes the soundtrack. So, for instance. Um, you you listen to Ikaite goes to school and it sounds out elements of Nigerian folk and high life genres, but then within the the the, the text, it is telling you um, that education is important, that uh, that that that, that uh, it is not right to uh, mistreat women, that there's 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 honor in 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 fidelity to one's uh, spouse, and and these are um, important uh, creeds. To, to, to people, you know, in their daily lives, about the relationship with one another, particularly gender, gender relations, yeah? And um, when you hear these words from the voice of the composer, because this is where it's different. Whereas in Hollywood, for instance, let me quickly t- uh, uh, run to that, uh, po- uh, uh, make that point. The Hollywood, the Hollywood composer, I, I, I mean, barely has a, um, a, a part to play in, if at all the music is vocal, singing it. But you see, in in Nollywood, it's a rule of thumb: the composer must be a singer as well, mm-hmm. and you you damn you must be, do a damn good work good good work about it because um, sometimes your contract depends on how good you sound. Uh-huh. So so you sing the composition, you sing it, and then the other reason they say the composer has to sing the song is for copyright infringement reasons. So this is the local way of checking piracy. So you don't just slap someone the person's work on a film and get credit for it. So we hear your voice so that if there's litigation, the film owner says, oh, well, the evidence here shows that this person uh-huh. did this work. And if you have anything to challenge, go see him. Uh-huh. So that way it, it keeps everyone honest to say, to, to, yeah, about, about, about what you do. 
Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> which, which itself, I mean, I don't know. have I answered your question? Yes. Yeah, no, I think so. I, I um, okay. that yeah. that goes back to just my question about empowerment in some ways. That this this um, yeah. the uh, role of the composer as not just a uh, a composer, but also as a performer, also has an empowering impact there for the musician. Yeah. As a, as, as a messenger, mm-hmm. as a messenger. Yeah. yeah. What about um, homogenization? Are there ways in which that mm. these uh, particular approaches to film music lead to issues of homogenizing otherwise distinct and diverse ethnic cultural expressions in Nigeria? Thank you very much for that question. See, the problem, it's not really a problem. Uh, Nigeria, Nigeria as, a, as a nation is uh, it's an, uh, it's an amalgamation of many, many, almost uh, 350 tribes and tongues. So we have, uh, we have an unspoken consensus that uh, we are better together, yeah? Although that illusion of oneness uh, rears its head once a while when people in some parts think that uh, we can we can no longer live together but by and large um we we we, we believe as a people that uh, we are better together and so um trying to homogenize uh the soundtrack or film music or or, or the, the materials of film music um is a tension point that uh, the practitioners don't really want to go, you know, mm-hmm. um, in part because there's really, I mean, all, I mean the, the different identities can dwell together. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, which is why the traditionalists tell you, use as many other, uh, as many Nigerian languages as are reasonably possible, depending on your uh, understanding and uh, what the film owner tells you. Mm. Use as many uh, Nigerian instruments, uh, local instruments, as are available, and uh, um, as, as much as uh, you want to nuance these uh, different uh, cultural identities. See, um, because really, Nigeria's cultural identity is, is a product of coalescence of uh, these various subcultural identities that are unique in and of themselves so it's a, so it's very important that we 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 don't try to homogenize and uh, make it look like uh, we are um, it's 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 a statement of denial um, to try and think that uh, we can put all of us together and uh, pretend that we don't have differences mm-hmm. that's not true differences should be celebrated and i think the composers know that
on the global end of the spectrum here. Uh, is yeah. there a global audience for or for Nollywood films? Um, and how has uh, growing um, sort of issues of globalization in general, both around film industries and around music industries, impacted music musical scoring in Nigerian films? Okay, so um, globalization has actually done more for Nollywood and its productions. Um, today, we've got all sorts of uh, collaborative work ongoing between Nollywood and other uh, film traditions uh, around the globe. We even have uh, names for such collaborations. Nollywood, Hollywood, it's finally called Nolly Holly. I think I've got an article on that there. Um, there's Nolly Bolly. Uh-huh. There's, 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 there's Nolly and other, other, the, diff, the different woods are interacting and interfacing, which is good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of uh, global appreciation of uh, Nollywood productions, um, particularly around the Caribbeans and uh, other um, uh, parts of the globe where we've got uh, a significant representation of uh, black people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we've, we, we, it's, it's, people love it. People love the productions of Nollywood, uh, in part because it, gives, it, it presents an alternative to the uh, globalized um, um, capitalist uh, uh, other called Hollywood. Yeah. And so whereas Hollywood tries to, 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 to really present all cultures of the world, Nollywood <laughs> gives you the African or Nigerian perspective uh, through and through. Mm-hmm. And so from, from how the people relate to themselves, how they speak, the accents, the music, and everything, it's, it, it's really refreshing to people of uh, African ancestry. Uh-huh. And uh, for many of them who... who are uh, undergoing or experiencing um, some uh, displacement in their realities. So Nollywood gives them, you know, that temporary um, uh, respite, so to speak, of having not lost much, because you could just watch the film and reminisce on, ah, this is this is where I come from. This is how we talk. This is how we sing. This is how we do everything. Oh, this is our food. This is our fashion. You know, uh-huh. this is what Nollywood offers globally, and that's why it's uh, it's it, it, it's really unique and standing out. It's on Netflix now, you know, uh-huh. and that's it's it's there for a reason. It wouldn't be on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it it's offering something alternative. Mayak, uh-huh. it has been a a real pleasure to talk with you uh, today, and I blind me. We're already at the end. Well, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just uh, um, I was just there uh, getting into gear five. <laughs> well, I I was going to ask uh, if uh, if there are some issues that uh, that we didn't touch on yet, but that you think that we should should have discussed, or anything else that you want to add. Mm, well, I just want to, as a final point, uh, say that uh, prefiguring. Um, uh, is undeniably Nollywood's answer to the rest of the world um, regarding how music and film 
or plot interact. And um, its efficacy is unique and sufficiently overwhelming to stand well, as a local counter practice uh, that should beg uh, and really begs more research interests. And I hope that I'll not remain the only scholar discussing Nollywood film music for, for too long. I need others to come in. So here's an open invitation. Everyone who's hearing me, please, please come in and join me. Thank you so much. Imaik Sylvanus is a senior lecturer in the Department of Music at the University of Nigeria in Suka. A pioneering scholar on Nollywood film music, his research has appeared in journals across multiple disciplines, including music, cinema, and communication studies. His article, Prefiguring as an Indigenous Narrative Tool in Nigerian Cinema and Ethnomusicological Reading, can be found in the summer 2019 issue of the journal Ethnomusicology. More recently, his article, The Relevance of Music to African Community Practices, The Nigerian Experience, is available in the 2020 issue of the journal Contemporary Music Review. Ethnomusicology Today is produced with the help and support of many people. Thanks to our student research and production assistants, Katie Greiner, Cheyenne McGuire, and Dean Weib, advisory board members, Harry Berger, Portia Maltby, Les Gay, David Kaminsky, and Leon Garcia Corona. Additional support and encouragement has been provided by STM Executive Director Stephen Stemfley. Special thanks to Nigerian film composers Maxwell Chitabera Leonard and Shadrach John for the use of the recordings in this podcast. This podcast is produced by the Society for Ethnomusicology in collaboration with KRUI and with support from the University of Iowa College of Liberal Arts and Sciences and the Iowa Center for Research by Undergraduates. Oh,